Hi, welcome back to this episode of The Igloo. Today's very special guest is Carson Perkins. Carson, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Pete. This is exciting. Yeah, I'm glad we finally got to do this. We talked about this for a while, and we're uh, finally getting it done. Yeah, man, I feel out of place. I have no clue what's going on. I got this microphone. <laughs> well, uh, well I'll, I'll start you off on the right path with a little direction here. Of uh, You graduated uh, a little under a year ago yep. from college, from the Premier Life Skills University, the one that is High Point University. And you have a job now. You're living in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, what is post-grad life like? What are you up to? Ooh, post-grad life, man? I don't know. It's just, I mean, it's definitely different than being in college. Like, I mean, so I'm in sales now, so I'm working. I'm, I'm on the move some days, and I'm, I'm in the office some days, and I, I do enjoy it. I mean, I think it depends on what you kind of get into after college. But um, so far, I've enjoyed what I'm doing. I don't have any interest in doing a whole lot else right now. But, you know, times change as you go on. So what is, uh, you were in a, we were in the same fraternity at High Point. Yes, we were. Um, what's the social scene looking like in Charlotte post-grad? <laughs> it's different for sure, but it, it's a good different, man. So, like, we got a good amount of guys here that a lot of them were in my pledge class. And I thought it was going to be kind of a difficult adjustment at first, like, you know, getting out of college where I came here and I was like, I know I got to work now, so I definitely can't be going out like I was all the time in college. And I didn't know how difficult of an adjustment that would be as far as, like, just not doing as much. Like, I didn't know what the guys here were like, but it was almost like we didn't even really have a conversation about it and everyone just kind of seemed to really cut back. Like, we still would go out and get after it for sure, but, I mean, it's not anything close to like it was in college. The yeah. younger boys might would be ashamed of me if they saw me right now. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say. But it's it seems like, for the most part, it's just continuing to hang out with the friends that you had, but you're not doing all the same kinds of things. Yeah, like, it's the same thing. It's just not as magnified as it was before, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Um, I feel like with, this is a kind of, I don't know, yeah. kind of exposing myself here, but I feel like in college, you just, you're drinking like almost every day. Oh yeah. Like a hundred percent. And when you get into this post-grad life, it's like, oh wow. Like I need to make sure I'm not that like post-grad alcoholic kid and making sure I'm not that just for lack of a better term, fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> How do you mitigate that kind of personality? Not that you have a fuck up personality, but in the way that you need to change your lifestyle from what it used to be for four years straight. You know, like it was one of those things where, I mean, I knew I was going to have to like not be going out and partying as much like I used to in college. Um, but it wasn't an adjustment at all. Honestly, when I, my last semester in college, I was so ready to get out of there that it wasn't even funny. It wasn't that I didn't want to see anyone that was in college anymore. Like I love my friends. And I loved everyone there. Good to see him now if I can. But I was just tired of being in that environment. But as far as like the difficulty of change, it wasn't difficult at all. You go to work hungover a time or two and you'll and you'll learn. And you'll learn that that sucks. No, it's, yeah. it's absolutely terrible. I've only been to, I've been to hungover, I've been to hungover work. I've been to work hungover once. Are you hungover once. right now? No, <laughs> no. no. Been to work hungover once and that was plenty. Yeah, I think it's... Uh... I think it's just a lesson you learn quick, whether that's a, a summer job, showing up hungover. Like, you know, I, I at the time of this recording, I haven't started my official post-grad job yet, but I had a pretty 
pretty extensive summer job for a while there. And if I showed up hungover once, maybe twice was enough for me to learn that like, I'm not some 19 year old kid anymore. And I can just totally mess around and, and make these mistakes. Like I'm, I need to learn from these mistakes for once. Well, yeah. And I think it was like a lot of us had the same mindset on it. And like, obviously not everyone. And you know, it, maybe it should be more, maybe it shouldn't. And that's neither here nor there. But I think most people, when you get out of college, you get a job and it's just like, at least for me, I was like, I've got shit that I'm trying to do now apart from just go out and get drunk. Now, don't get totally. me wrong, man. When I get done with the day on Friday, like I'm, I'm texting the guys, I'm like, "What are we doing tonight?" Like, I don't make it. That doesn't make a damn to me if we go out to a bar or if we just go get some dinner somewhere. Like, I want to go do something. But like, yeah, during the week, man, I get home from work, I make some dinner, maybe do some laundry, think about how much I don't want to go into work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> go to bed. Yeah, and that, and that, I feel like that is such a like for for your average 40, 50, 60 year old adult slash parent of a child who is in college, graduating from college in the near future, that conversation of like, listen, buddy, this is going to be a rude awakening because your, your life is going to change. I feel like that conversation doesn't happen because those parents and those adults are so far removed from that time. They don't, you know, some remember, but some don't. I mean, I feel like everyone remembers, but I mean, like, even for me, man, like, I almost feel bad about like when like that fifth year in college or that one extra semester. Let's not let's not say the whole fifth year. <laughs> it was you just, know, a just one extra semester. Three months. But even then, like I'm like some of these younger guys, like like our freshmen when they came in, they got done pledging and you know, they're excited, they're in, they want to hang out with us. And I love that and I loved having them over and everything. But I was like, part of me is almost like looking down on them, like these fucking idiots always doing the stupid shit. Acting like I didn't do everything that they did and worse when when I was their age. You were them times nine. <laughs> but you're now growing and maturing and doing all of that adulting. We're talking about uh, your last semester of college. Well, you know, we're making baby steps. Yeah, and and you were like, you were looking at these kids like, damn, these kids are so dumb because the, it's Tuesday afternoon and they're texting me if I want to go get drinks. You're like, no, it's Tuesday afternoon. I don't want to get drinks. But freshman, sophomore, and honestly, even junior year, I feel like that is that is normal of like yeah okay. oh they wouldn't even have to text me yeah, i would have been the one texting yeah <laughs> yeah because and it's just normal of like that kind of environment where it's the constant drinking and and not in a bad way no one's like ending up like sleeping on the floor the bathroom floor and no one's none of it's dangerous it was just so such a drinking culture that has now for me at least graduating this past spring it was such an adjustment for like second semester, senior year, drink, 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 drink. And summer rolls around and I'm doing my like normal summer in between years of college. Like, yo, let's go party. Let's go drink. Let's go on somebody's boat. Let's go to some beach. Let's do whatever. And it turns into, no, get your life together. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Don't do any of the things that you used to do. And I feel like, not uh, you're not warned enough about that stuff yeah and man i think it's like a, also like a happy medium of it too because it's like you know just because you're out of college now does i don't think doesn't mean you shouldn't have fun and go doing anything and i don't think anyone necessarily thinks that but i think a lot of people myself included almost put like too much i put i think i put too much pressure on myself like right out of school like of trying not to do like anything like that i'm like wow this this sucks because i live alone i work alone most days because i'm out on the road 
and then I get home and it's like, well, I probably shouldn't go do anything. And it's like, I don't think that's the case at all. I just think it's, you know, it'd be to some degree responsible about what you're doing. You know? Absolutely. And I think that's life, though. I think that's like getting to that, even though we're 22, 23, getting to that adult stage of life where not that we know it all, but that we know that everything is, is in moderation and finding the fun in your day to day. Whether you're, whether you, you, you love cooking and you were talking earlier, like, Oh, I come home and I cook dinner and I do maybe do laundry and I probably go to bed. If you love cooking, that's great. You should find something that you love to do, whether it's every day, every other day, every week, something that you can do that you enjoy. That's not just getting absolutely yammed with the boys because in for, for four years there, that's the fun stuff to do. Yeah, that's all not you did. to sound not to sound horrible and totally degenerate but like for the most part like that's a lot of it it's just like let's go that's all let's, we did let's go get drunk and then find something fun yeah, yeah we'll get hammered and then we'll move it and on then we'll way. figure it out yeah and now it's like let's go figure it out and maybe there's a drink or two involved after we get there yeah and i mean it all depends i have a, a funny story i've got a friend from a good friend from high school. Him and I were super close. I was just close with the whole family. Um, and his little brother is a senior in high school now, and he's applying to college. And he was looking at High Point and a couple of the schools, and he was asking me about it. And his parents are super, super strict. I would never tell him I told him this. But I was like, he was like, what do you like recommend? Like, My parents are worried about me going into freshman year. I think he's like been kind of a wild child the last two years of high school. And I was like, dude, just go fucking do your thing. Like, Go there figure out what it is you like to do push the limits like and if because i mean damn if you're going to push the limits like go ahead and do it early on in my opinion like do it freshman year where it doesn't really matter figure out kind of how you operate and figure out yourself but yeah by all means go push the fucking limits because you're going to do it at some point one way or another so you might as well if you're going to fuck up go ahead and get that shit done before it really really matters so that way when you're like you know senior year of college you could be like wow i was an idiot like remember when i took that axe and chopped that tree down on campus like i shouldn't have done that <laughs> are we gonna cut that out i didn't know we were gonna share that story. i mean i was a senior then but <laughs> we're not gonna talk about it yeah carson chopped the tree down on campus don't tell me that um <laughs> totally <laughs> mackerel um all right well since it's all out on the table um I, I i think i learned two very important things freshman year i learned how important a sleep schedule is and the fact that i fucking hate gin I think I think those are the two like social life. You never slept freshman year. I think you slept like two hours first semester. Like no, but like that's haha funny. I think I slept two hours a night, and then I would sleep in between classes during the day. Okay, so kind of off topic. Did that used to like? Could you used to just get up and do that? Because I mean, I feel like I I, yeah. I was never like a two hour sleep operator, but I could go to bed at you know, three, four in the morning, pop up at six 30 and be ready to go. And I felt like every year that just got worse. And now, holy hell, I like can't even go anywhere close to that. Like I need my at least seven hours. Yeah. I was talking about, uh, I was talking about this with Falzone earlier. Um, I was saying how my whole family pretty much has like sleeping problems, like sleep apnea, sleep freaking whatever it is. Um, I've had I've had sleep. Every, my whole family has had sleep. Everything. I don't think I have like sleep apnea, 
which is just when you like hold your breath periodically when you sleep and it like totally messes up your sleep schedule. Um, I don't think I have that, but I have something like that where, and, and sorry to back it up a little further. The reason I think I don't have that is because when my siblings or my dad were diagnosed with sleep apnea and they got like what you'd call like treatment for it, which is like a CPAP machine or like a, like a breathing apparatus or like a mouthpiece that like makes your jaw move differently so that you can just not hold your breath while you're sleeping. When they got those things, they slept for like, in my memory, my mom might correct me on this one later, um, but they slept for like 14 hours straight for like two weeks. 14 hours every single night for like two weeks straight. And then after that, they started finally sleeping for like in the, the normal eight hours. But before they got this thing, they would they would be getting up at 5 a.m. because they were bored. They were, my brother Eric would like come into my parents' room at like literally 4.40 in the morning and be like, hey, you guys want to go for a bike ride? They're like, no, it's still dark out. Like, what are you doing? And then he got this uh, CPAP machine and he started sleeping normal hours, sleep until 8, 9, 10 in the morning. And I think it was because when he had sleep apnea that was untreated, it wasn't, he wasn't getting a good night's sleep in the first place. So his body kind of just reacted to, all right, if we're not getting much, we might as well not get any, like, fuck it. And I think I have something similar to that. I don't know if it's sleep apnea, I don't know what it is. But I, freshman year, was able to do this, like, two hours thing, no problem. And then I started forming a schedule sophomore and junior year, like getting better at it. And if I didn't sleep like six hours, eight hours a night, it would be a problem. But I think it's only because I set up that routine um, and and almost fixed myself, if that makes sense. You ever feel like you can sleep like too much to where it's almost just as bad as not sleeping enough? One million percent. I tried to like start going to bed like earlier, um, maybe two months ago and then i think i think i tried to hit a little too aggressive at first and because like the first couple nights i was just whooped in the morning i'm like i slept like 10 hours last night maybe that's your body recovering now i don't know i don't, I don't know I'm maybe, maybe i'm in shambles yeah I, like <laughs> but that could be a thing and you have no idea because because of sleep apnea or because of sleep whatever the hell it is um you your body's been so messed up in your sleep schedule and your and your sleeping ability for so long that your body might have been so messed up for so long that you are now finally catching up but didn't know you were so messed up. Uh-oh. <laughs> Just me. What's up, buddy? Let's start to say I'm going to use the bathroom real quick. Hey, no problem. Anna. Vanit, come step in here real quick. We are mid like mid mid pod. It's so funny. You want to join in on this one? We're talking about post grad life. I don't have headphones for you, but it doesn't totally. I'm, I think I'm like the only one that needs them. Papa Squat, yeah. So we are. Uh, we're talking about like routines and sleep schedules and how important like figuring your life out is and how the way that you approach things from a college perspective and from a post-college perspective are two very very different things um what's your what's your take on the whole post-grad life so uh no i mean post-grad life was definitely scary at first i thought but 
I mean, after I jumped into it for a few months, honestly, it's a hell of a lot more fun than college, I think, from a different few different perspectives. I mean, at this end of things, it's a little different for us, but being out here in Charlotte, got a whole bunch of buddies, all moved out here now, all from school, all from the fraternity, so in that aspect, kind of carried over, but I mean, it's not all fun and games nowadays, which I think is kind of different, and at first, wasn't really thinking I'd be prepped for that, but now kind of going off of that whole routine aspect you talked about and being into a fluid motion now that's been year year and a half out of school it i like it it's a lot better you ever miss it now that you're out oh 100 percent. i just <laughs> Dude, saw sometimes it. i pull up like some pictures and i'm like damn Dude, you <laughs> remember when we didn't have to do in. shit like it'd be like 10 o'clock and i just got out of bed and they're like when was your first class i was like ah eight but you know and then you just kind of hang out all day. And then at the end of the day comes and you got shit to do. And you're like, dude, I just don't have any time. <laughs> it's like we didn't do anything all day long. You got all the time in the world back then. <laughs> I think uh, I was going to say this to, to Carson earlier. But with, uh, with everyone, not everyone, but like I feel like a, a lot of core brothers and friends and just general people that feel like family in the area does it feel like i don't know how to word this properly but like almost a do-over of college except you have real money now that's <laughs> kind of like to put it really bluntly no i mean it definitely made the transition a hell of a lot smoother having a bunch of the guys that we were friends with at college who i was with the last four years there but i mean it's definitely not a do-over. I mean, all of this is completely different. I mean, I can't wake up at 10 a.m. every day hungover as shit. Nowadays, you know, gotta go to work. No, that is that is super fair. <laughs> that's super fair. You were talking about earlier. It's like you go to work hungover one time, and then I'll teach your ass not to do that anymore because it is <laughs> brutal. No, I agree on that. <laughs> like, I feel like that stuff hits you real quick. Um, and for me, to, to be kind of vulnerable for a minute here, I've talked to a couple guys about this. So if they're listening, sorry for... Uh, repeating the, the story that I've told you probably like three, four times now. But I had um, moving home and just the, the mindset of just knowing that you're never going back, at least to the way it was, is was so hard for me at first. And having a lot of my like close friends that I had from high school, like back at home, a lot of them moved away. And it was so tough for me at first, like, like mental health wise, it like totally took a turn. And I needed to to get those routines and find those things that I liked day to day, whether it was freaking podcasting or learning how to play some golf. I feel like I chased those things that I, the, the feeling of like having all those friends around and having those things to do every single day that, you know, you're bored and everyone lives on campus at high point. So you're bored and you got nothing to do and it's, three o'clock on a Tuesday, you're done with class for the day. You don't have a class till 10 a.m. on Wednesday. You walk over to your friend's house and you open their unlocked front door and you walk in and there's eight dudes sitting on the couch watching some like game highlights. And that's a blast. Well, dude, I, I will like say there's like plenty of times that like I've gotten home from work and been like, damn, you know, I wish I had like someone to hang out with right now or like something to do. And, but I mean, that's kind of like the pros and cons of like, being out or like in my case like living alone like I don't have a roommate so you know it's always when I go home I'm home and I can shut the door and no one's coming in you, but you miss me don't you uh, <laughs> I don't know I miss I miss the idea of you from time to time Carson and I were roommates my junior and his senior year and uh, Carson misses me 
A little bit. It's good to see you, Pete. <laughs> it's good to see you, But, too. you know, it's like it's nice because you get home and it's just you, but it's also, it's like, you know, well, now I have no one to talk to for the next six hours until I go to work tomorrow. Yeah. and, and So, I like, it's a give-take. Totally. Well, like, I live at home right now, it, it and, and my girlfriend lives an hour, an hour and a half away. Um, so, I'm very blessed to have that aspect, those two aspects of things. And and I do have friends at home, and and I love them, and they're very supportive, and and they're great friends. But I feel like the adjustment from being in a fraternity with ninety guys that all live within like max three hundred yards of your bed is it's hard to go from that to having two, three, four friends in your hometown plus two brothers and yeah. a sister, and like life sucks sometimes. But also, you got to find the shit that you love about it. Going off the going home thing, or living at home thing, I will say that's one thing that has actually hit different for me since I graduated, which is the funniest thing ever, because I didn't live at home throughout college, and you know, I went home. I mean, I was close. Like You I, were 54 minutes exactly? Yeah. I was close by, so I could go home whenever, but, and, and I, it was nice to go home when I went, but now, and, and it's probably about the same amount of time, like year to year that I go home. But now when I go home, it's just like such a relief. Like I go home, I sit on the couch. I'm like, dude, I don't have any responsibilities for the next 48 hours. Mom's cooking tonight. I'm pretty sure we're going out to dinner tomorrow. Like I'm just going to hang out here, watch some TV, play with the dogs, maybe go shoot something outside. I don't know. <laughs> like depending <laughs> on how bored I get. Well, I was going to say you as a, a North Carolina local, how has it been to like, I'm, you, you've left the state before. <laughs> but like <laughs> how has it been to grow up in this state go to college in this state and then do postgrad in this state like i feel like you've done so much here and north carolina will never not be home to you whereas i being a new york local um close to new york city and going to school in not rural north carolina but like your house being less than an hour away and we can go shoot guns in your backyard it's a totally different world than what I grew up in. What's it like to to experience the life that is constant North Carolina? Well, I, I don't know. That's kind of like an interesting question because I don't know anything else. But it's funny, like people have asked me about that before. And, you know, like I took that internship down in Mississippi. Like, I guess it was New Orleans region, but I was in Southern Mississippi and it, it was actually one, probably one of the best like learning experience I ever did, like getting dropped off there. And it was super cool. And I, I loved like traveling and seeing other like parts of the country, other parts of the world. But I really have no interest in living anywhere else than North Carolina. And I think that's just because, I mean, my entire family is far back as I know ever since I've been alive, was born and raised here. So if I move, you know, let's say, let's say I move out with Whitney out in Phoenix, like, I'm sure Phoenix is fucking awesome. Like, I, I actually, I, like, I mean, it would probably be one of the coolest places. Like, Phoenix, Dallas, and Montana, even though I've only been to one of those, I've always been, like, top three if I had to move somewhere else. But it's just so far from anything and everything that I know. Yeah, I was going to say, I came down here. Uh, we're in North Carolina right now recording this. I drove down yesterday. It took 11 hours, and it was awful, and I hated the drive down. But it was super doable. Did it in one day, one shot. I stopped for like two, three bathroom breaks, stopped for gas once. You can't just like drive from New York City, where I'm from, to 
Phoenix, Arizona in like a shot. You know, like it, you can't do that. Yeah, I think and we so, did it over like three days. Yeah. And like, like I mapped it out. I think it's like 30 crazy. hours or something yeah. to get out there. That's so far. It's crazy. And it doesn't feel that far. But we've got friends all over the country, especially, you know, like I feel like I especially do now with a bunch of my, my 30, 37, something like that, senior class graduating. A lot staying local, a lot here in Charlotte, a couple, you know, a bunch in New York bunch out west a bunch all over the place and i feel like i've got a, a ton of friends that are now like in different plots around the country i feel like you are one of my my few friends that have just been steady north carolina local your whole life and i think that's such a cool aspect well come on man it's the best of the best you know we, 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 we've got it all we got you want to go to the city you want to go to the country mountains beach i was driving to the airport today pick up another one of our friends who's from Boston and moved to Tampa. Shout out, uh, Sam Falzone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he flew up from Tampa today and driving from your apartment to the airport. I think it was like a 15, 20-minute drive. But I went through like someone's freaking farm. Like th- like you can be, um, we're in the city right now in an apartment and I drove to the airport, the Charlotte airport, the city's airport. And I passed some serious land. Dude, it's funny, it's like, that's one of the things, I used to talk a lot of shit on Charlotte growing up. Granted, I wasn't old enough to, like, do anything fun here. To, like, even look at it? <laughs> yeah, I'd come, I'd come here and go to a Panthers game, and all I knew is, like, that was cool, and then there was, like, hella traffic trying to get in and out. And it sucked, yeah. But now, like, I actually have really enjoyed my time in Charlotte so far, but, like, let's say I, I stay here, like, long term. I don't, I mean, you know me, I don't plan on living here downtown forever. Like, you know, like, you know, get, get like, a family or something, I'm going to want my house, I'd... I'd like to have a little bit of land. If I can't take a piss in my front yard, I'm not living where I want to live long term. <laughs> but Charlotte, you can go from the middle of the city to kind of the middle of fucking nowhere in like 20, 25 minutes. So like I could live out there where I'd want to and still work in Charlotte if I decide to stay here like longer, longer term. Totally. And I think I think uh, I think a lot of New York is is slept on about those things. Maybe not take a piss in your front yard. Well, I mean, when you ever like anyone, you think of New York, you just think of the city, right? You and think of like. Times Square. Yeah, I'm 30 minutes north um, of New York City, but I'm like the first town outside of what you would think of as like uh, I'm two minutes outside the Bronx. Yeah, and so I'm really close to what's technically New York City. But when you think of New York City, you think of Times Square. I think of Manhattan. You think of Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. and I'm just 30 minutes north of Grand Central. We've got. You know, I don't know if it's called like a quarter acre or something. We got like a decent backyard and a good front yard. That is not an aspect that people think of when they think of New York. Well, didn't and Gibby live like out there, out there? Gibby is from... Uh, like he's like damn near like Canada or something. He's, he's Rochester, yeah. And he is... He's granted he's like six or nine hours from me or something oh, crazy. that far. Yeah, no, it's far. But he... He's in the boonies, like... I have never been to his house personally, but like, I'm sure his neighbors at least, or some family friend of his, has like at least 50 acres of land. Just because you can out there, up there, New York is is a massive state, and I think uh, isn't it so funny like how big it is, and you'd say New York to anyone, and they only think of one spot. They think of like whatever it is, 10 square miles or something, <laughs> maybe 22 square. I think is what it is, 22 square miles, something like that. Um, they think of 22 square miles when there's thousands of 
thousands on thousands of, of acres or, or square miles of land in all of New York. So a lot of rural, a lot of just country folk, like the way that you approach it down here, there's the same up north, but you don't think about it like that. And I think, I think no, that's you a don't. It's like, and that's something I didn't even realize because, you know, when I, I don't think like, obviously it's not everywhere you go in any state and like the Southern, like Southeast would be like, you know, there's going to be big cities in all of them. And then you, you think of like, or at least I do, I think of like up North, especially like new England area. And I think like Boston, New York, and I know like New York and Philly aren't like new England, but like that's up North to me when I think about it and like Jersey and all totally, that. Totally. And I just think like, so that's all I think. I'm just like big city. There's people fucking everywhere. There's too many people all the time. Can't drive anywhere, but shit, you go, you know, 30 minutes or more outside of most of those cities and you probably get to the middle. I wanted to go see like Heggy up in PA one time. And like, I didn't see a, a house for like an hour and a half at one point. It's, it's the sticks. Um, I, I think of Georgia. Go dogs, by the oh, way. Bad experiences in Georgia, man. You've had some great experiences in Georgia. No, yeah, neither, that they, ended you know, horribly. They, they, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's more so of how it happened. <laughs> um, but I, when you think of Georgia, you think of some good old-fashioned rednecks that have a ton of fun and love football. Hashtag go dogs. When you think of Atlanta, you think of like the the third biggest metropolis. Like you don't you have someone that says, "Oh, let's go to Georgia." Someone like you, Carson, would be like, "Fuck yeah, let's go to Georgia." <laughs> go to I'm Georgia. pumped. But they're the same. They're the. It's a city within the state. Like yeah. And don't get me wrong. There's there's some really cool parts of Atlanta. No, totally. But, there's also but, some really not cool parts. Of yeah, it's it's what you think of it, and the same thing goes for New York City. There's some wonderful, beautiful parts of New York City. There's some wonderful, beautiful parts of upstate New York, and there's some shitty parts of both. Yeah, but it's all about your perspective of it. And when when a southern, I think a southerner thinks of either the the Northeast or more specifically like New York, it's just the 22 square miles that is Manhattan. There's definitely a stigma. For sure, and honestly, I kind of like it. But I feel like is it it not like the same way? Like looking back, like is there like a stigma of like? And granted, you know, it all like maybe certain states. Like I feel like when you get like deep, deep south, like like Mississippi probably doesn't get as much hate as they should. Bama gets a bad rap, but like, is it like a is it like a stigma on like the southern like the southern area? Is there a stigma? Is it just kind of like oh, we all know about Alabama? I think I'm I'm almost the wrong person to ask. Only because going to school here and having you as a friend and a bunch of other great Southerners as friends, I never thought about the South in a bad way when I was here. Like specifics. Like, oh, don't go to Alabama because X, Y, and Z. It was never, that that conversation never happened. But in high school, it was never specific states that were bad. It was just those goddamn dirty rednecks down south. <laughs> and it, the phrase was down south, and that was a negative like connotation, I feel like. Yeah. So we, just, so we just called them the Yankees. Yeah. But there, was, there was the Yankees, and then there was damn Yankees. And the Yankees is just anyone from like a northern state, and the damn Yankees are the ones that moved and stayed. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's just all... Uh, I feel like this is with anything, though. Any stigma of any kind, it's just... It's, it's perspective slash education. Well, yeah, I mean, and I, you know, I, I had the same type of like views growing up. Cause I mean, that's, I mean, all I hear, all I heard, I'd never been up North or anything. And then I go to high point, 
which is in North Carolina. And I was like very much in the minority there, which is not typical for any school in whatever state that you're in. But so 90% of my friends in college were from like Northern or New England states. And, you know, I love every single one of them. And, you know, I still talk shit to them all the time about where they're from, like, especially Vanita. Be like, you're like, you're from Jersey. Rick Hoffman gets it bad because he moved to Texas. Rick loves to do this funny thing where he lived for a year in Florida, but was raised for 18 in New Jersey. And he says he's from a ranch in Florida. He now works in Texas. So like, we'll give him, we'll give him that. that he's Texas trying. He's, thing. he's doing he's, his best. He really is. There's always that like idea. And like, you know, you hear something like, you know, no matter what it is about anything, you hear something growing up all the time. It's like, yeah, you're automatically going to kind of like lean towards that way or something like for sure to, to some degree. But it's like, yeah, if you, you know, let's say you move down here from the heart of New York city, you move down here and start working at like some manufacturing plant in the boondocks. You might end up being great friends with all of them, but like I do feel like as soon, like the the initial time you say that you're gonna there's gonna be an idea in someone's head about you for one way or another. Well, it's like and I then you're to... gonna have to and then it's gonna it's just lo- like time after that. It's like no, I, oh, oh, Pete's actually a cool guy. He's not like remember when we were at the concert and Matt yes, Cox and he was like I was about to bring that up. <laughs> tell, you tell exactly. story. Yeah, you tell about it. So Carson and I are at this. Uh, who was it? Riley Green and uh, Dirk's Bentley. Riley Green and concert for Carson's birthday. And Carson had um, his brother, his brother's girlfriend, and his brother's uh, was high school, childhood, best friend. Fraternity brother. Fraternity brother. Um, Matt Cox. Shout out Matt Cox. Um, you got to send him this episode. Um, <laughs> he, uh, a bunch of good old North Carolinians. And uh, at the, you know, we do introductions in the beginning of the concert at the tailgate, whatever. We tailgated for like three hours or so. And we're all hanging out getting drunk it's been it's been a great time so far and at the end of the concert i think i left early or i left like i just i think i left before the very end and i'm saying goodbye to matt cox i was like matt so good to meet you like you have a great rest of your night uh i hope i see you soon shakes my hand goes correct me if i mess this one up but he goes like peter you are uh, like a great person for an New Yorker or something like that. <laughs> He's like, I know you're from New York and all, but you, you're the man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you didn't do Cox? Like, shit, Cox hates everybody, but <laughs> Cox has even like told me from time and time before, like, he's like, man, I know you got a high point. He's like, and you're really cool and all your friends you brought around was cool, but like, I've always thought that I would just like hate just about anyone that went to high point. Well, that's the stigma. Well, I, granted, if honestly, I say if people say word. they hate people from high point, it's, I'm like, I mean, shit, yeah, I understand. I, yeah. Hell, I do too. I'm going to take a shot for every single time I say stigma on this podcast. But um, I would be on the floor. Um, I I think that's with anything, though. Like, everyone looks at High Point and thinks of these, like, bunch of rich kids from the north that want to go to school down south, but, like, not really down south, but, but in a southern state. And for a lot of them, that is it. Like, that is the truth. But, but for a lot of the people that we surround ourselves with, they're just a yeah and bunch I, of cool people. Yeah, like whether like it's guys, def- girls, whatever it is, like they're just they're they're northerners that that like the South that that have no problem with going to school in North Carolina because of you know surrounded by good people, all that like usual shit. Yeah, I mean, I feel like and we and we definitely had some friends that were probably assholes too. But you know, <laughs> I, I've had people ask me like, what what were the people like at High Point? Like friends from like back home, or I mean, what have you? And I'm like, you know, it's funny. 
I'd say 50, I'd say it's very 50, 50 and 50% of them are, I think really just good people, really down to earth about everything. And then 50% of them are exactly what you think they'd be like. But what some of these kids will respond with is like, do you know who my daddy is? Like literally out of a goddamn movie. They're like, do you know who my daddy is? And that's like an actual thing that people say. Yes. Funny. Uh, like daily. I don't think people understand that people actually say, like, like, I'm making a joke. No, <laughs> this, this isn't for laughs. Like this is actually what is said. Do you know who my daddy is? Like, I hope you like working at McDonald's next week. And like, dude, just like maybe your dad is the president of High Point University, the ultimate chairman. Like sh maybe that's possible. Sure. Let's go with that. Don't you dare <laughs> speak to someone and say that. Dude, like, you know who my dad is? Fuck your dad. Fuck your dad. <laughs> fuck your dad. <laughs> Dad's like, a pussy. <laughs> you can't. You, you just. That's just such a foreign way to talk to someone in my mind. The fact that you'd approach them like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get someone else to take your job away. Like, shut, <laughs> shut your mouth. But that is so, that is so many, so many high point kids. But then there's the other half that are just like, uh, like security pulls up and they're like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I, I know. We'll, we'll turn the music down. I hope you have a great rest of your night. Like, uh, I hope I don't see you later. <laughs> and there's some people like that we, that we all know, and I won't name any of them, but it's like some of their families have more money than I, I mean, ever even fathomed like someone to have, and you would never know. There's a couple of bees thrown in there. Um, and I think that those kids that really have it, you'll never know. So, Vanita, what's your take on growing up in New Jersey, going to school in North Carolina, and now living in North Carolina? Like you stayed, I, I, I'm, I didn't stay here. What's uh, what's it like growing up somewhere else, going to school here, and just not leaving? So, I mean, kind of going off what you were talking about earlier with, um, you know, how your friends from home, everyone's moving around. For me, it's kind of the opposite. I was the lone wolf that kind of left Jersey for good. All my friends from home still live out there. They're all still in the same group. I'm in the group chat just watching it blow up every day with them talking about what they're going to do. So on that side of things, it sucks. And obviously from the family aspect too, can't really go see the rental every once in a while. It's not like Carson. I could just go drive down the street an hour and a half. So on that side, it sucks. But I mean, on the other side, I'm out here living on my own now. Got the roommate, another one of the buddies from school, Nate. Shout out to him. But, I mean, with all the boys out here, it almost kind of replaces that group of friends I had from home in a certain sense. It's not like I'm out here all by myself. So, I like the whole entire aspect of being out here. It's a small city. It's not like we're talking about New York, Boston, anything crazy like that. So, for me, I mean, this has been like the perfect fit. I just need to visit some more trips back to Jersey because I've not done that for a minute. So, when all your friends are back in Jersey, are they all... Like working in New York, working in New Jersey, kind of just staying local, doing, I guess, kind of what I'm doing now. But then you're saying you're like the lone wolf leaving. Has that been, have you been like ostracized for that at all or no? Not to get like super deep on you. No, no, definitely not. No, not at all. I mean, all the boys are happy I'm out here. We've all been talking about getting a trip to get them out here soon because they haven't been out to Charlotte. That's different for them. So. On my end, they definitely haven't outed me or anything like that. Still in the loop. Still get all the shout-outs every once in a while when something stupid's getting around, you know, talking shit on each other. It still goes on. Everything's still the same. So, I mean, still get the occasional FaceTimes in with everyone, all of that fun stuff. But, I mean, no, nah, definitely not outed. Still feel close with all the boys. They're still all the day one guys. I mean, 
Besides me, we've got one of the buddies that moved to New York, but I mean, he's still taking those weekend trips down to Jersey to hang out with them or they're all going to the city. So for them, that's an easy little trip here. Obviously, nine, 10 hours, like you were saying, a little different. 11. It was horrible. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think that's I think that's great. Um, with like, I, I feel like with the way that I have approached it, I feel like you know, you you left all your hometown boys going back home permanently after school. It feels for me like I've left all my day ones, all my what you'd call hometown boys. Like I have got, I have ninety best friends at school. Like being in a fraternity and being in a fraternity that I love, uh, surrounded by guys that I love. Um, that I feel like was the hardest part, not the act of leaving, because like. I left every summer for the past three summers. It was totally no big, past three years. It was totally no big deal. But the, so it wasn't like the direct action. It was the thought or the, the knowledge that I'm just never going back and never going back to the way it was. The way I kind of always look at that. And like I said, love being in Charlotte, but a big thing that's always kind of stuck with me too, is it's not really about where you're at. It's who you're with. That's the big one. I mean, all the boys, we could have been at high point all four years. Like we were having a blast. Hell, we could have been down in Florida. We could have been in a fucking shed in a field. Either way, we were all going to be drinking and having a good time with each other. So at the end of the day, I think that was the biggest thing. I could not agree more. Like, if I had all of you guys in around, in and around New York, my life would not change. It would be the same shit day to day. In a good way. Like, I would have loved it. Because I would, I'm, I'm dealing with what I'm used to with the people that I love. And that's awesome. I, and, uh... Jealous is not the right word, but we're going to use it. Um, I'm super jealous of what you guys have down here in Charlotte because it's just a, the way I see it as like the outsider. I see it as like a high point 2.0 in a good way. And I'm, I'm jealous and I love that. Yeah, I think that was like a cool thing about it was like we kind of just got fortunate in luck of the draw of it was like a seven of our initial friend group from freshman year like that or like early stage in freshman year all just ended up getting jobs in Charlotte. So, I mean, I don't think anyone really planned it. Like, I mean, you know, right, I think right. people start lo- looking for jobs in Charlotte because it's close to, like, you know, where they went to college, so it's cool. It's easy but, to like, we kind of just got lucky. There's a lot of us that moved here that just, it was just luck of the draw. I put these cities in, applied for this job, got Charlotte. I mean, that's how Benito and I got here. Really? Is that how I mean? Went? Yeah, I mean, so we, because we could be different, like, locations, and I was like, well, I'd like to be in Charlotte as close to home. I did Charlotte, Raleigh, Knoxville, and job came up in charlotte and i was like well just so happened to be that that's where most of my friends live lucky <laughs> so dog. i got, yeah. got lucky with that totally but i think all of this uh post-grad stuff whether it's your job or who, who you know who you're surrounded by i think it's all luck too just like you know i've gotten super lucky with my upcoming job it was it was luck of the draw and i'm 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 not saying that like oh I, you know i don't deserve it this is too good to be true but I'm I'm lucky to have it, and I feel like that goes with anything post grad. Of like, uh, I'm I'm lucky that I got this. I'm lucky that I get to live at home. I'm lucky that you were talking about earlier. Like, I do get three home cooked meals a day. Dude, living at home like, is kind of clutch. It's <laughs> dope. I my mom is the greatest cook on the planet. Um, and I get three home cooked meals every single day, and I come home to a warm bed that's paid for already like i don't you know like i don't have to do any i don't have to lift a thing i don't have to spend a dime 
unless there's something extra that I want to do. Um, and I think that's, <laughs> for lack of a better term, it's slept on. Like, yeah, I mean, know? it's definitely nice. Like, it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's awesome. But I mean, it's like, you know, I like living at home super nice, but if I were to live, I wouldn't have had any problem at all living at home for a little bit, like post-grad, but I think around the six-month point, I probably would have been out about, I mean, you know, I'd be ready to go out and do, like, not live at home anymore. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I love being at home and all there, but I wouldn't want to live at home right now. I, like, made a joke about it, and I was like, I think I'm just going to stay here forever, and my mom was like, no, you're not, and nor do you want to, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. Dude, not to change the subject, I just had a bush light for the first time in three months, and it was delicious. The always quality and always superior bush lights, man. I've been telling <laughs> people for so long, uh, it's, just, I miss it's the best beer. of the best, and that's America's beer. <laughs> I miss it. I miss it so much. Um, bush light on track. But, but you were talking about six months living at home. I think I'm going to do six months to... I'm giving myself like a year. And if I move out before then, I'll be pumped. If I move out a little bit after that, uh, I totally understand, you know, myself. <laughs> um, but I, I think that's super true. And I think... I, I just do think that like the... <laughs> Taken out of context, this is going to be... This is going to be uh, treated like I'm defending myself here. <laughs> But I, I think there's no absolutely zero shame in living at home. I think it's smart. If you're able to do it, you should. I think that, like, you know, you guys living in Charlotte, you have jobs in Charlotte, and that makes sense. And Venito being freaking seven to 12 hours away, you shouldn't live at home when you have a job in Charlotte. No, I agree that. I think if you could live at home you should. for a little bit afterwards, 100% save up a little. Because, like, you know, vast majority of you graduate college you don't got any money to really still do anything <laughs> like you don't have any Dude, like i know yeah. you can't it's not like you've been working for the last four you've been in school so like if you can't live at home live at home save a little bit of money and then go out there and do it but like if you don't got to do it right now then definitely don't i wouldn't yeah. say and, and you would yeah. you could have yeah totally and like to again to be super vulnerable and honest here um I took out a, a small loan from my mother to pay for my last couple months of uh, college shenanigans for for most of my college career, um, I paid for everything myself. My parents paid for for a lot of you know, like the literal schooling part, and like I got to take a, a family car down to school, and I'm very blessed to have that. But for the most part, I paid for all the the bullshit that we did in between on my own. But um, you were talking about like being broke after college. Like you should be broke after college. Dude, I graduated <laughs> college and I had like three hundred dollars in my bank account. I like I, I literally I was like. Whoa. We've we've got some work to do. Here. I had like three hundred dollars after Christmas break senior year, and then it's when I, I I asked. I think I don't even think I had the nerve to ask my mother. I think she was like, "I know you need money." That's why we always had to go to BBJ's on Mondays, man. It was dollar beers. <laughs> dollar <laughs> like, beers. We had to do. What we had to do. But like, um, uh, mom, thanks for uh, let me take out a loan, and thanks for making me pay it back in full the second I got a paycheck. Um, <laughs> um, I I think. Living at home is is such a slept on thing to do, and almost it in um, in like I feel like you appreciate it more when you move out too. It's like you did. It's like you were ready to go, but like the last little bit living at home was probably nice. Was dope, yeah. But I just think like a lot of people don't get to see the parents of the family as much as they'd like to. I feel like Benito, take a shot for this one because I'm about to say the word that means you take a shot. Uh, anything on the counter there? Grab that hundred Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the stigma. Is of of take a sh I just said sigma. I said it twice now. 
Two shots, Vanito. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're doing that. You're, you're, you're bad that was, about that today. That was on purpose. Um, but no, I think the, Vanito, the stigma of living at home when you're 30 and like living in your parents' basement, that conversation, like, that sucks. But it's not that. Like, you are... Yeah, like, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a big difference. There's a big difference between getting off your feet and getting off your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's so good. That is so good. But it's true. It's just the... Good job, Benito. It's just the way that you approach it and, and the time frame that you do it. I'm living at home now to go get a job in an apartment or a house or whatever my next step is. Probably a shoebox apartment in New York City that costs five grand a month. Yeah. But either way, I, I'm, I'm, uh, th- my house, living at home right now is a stepping stone. As long as it's a stepping stone, you're good, dude. Like, don't worry about the look of living at home after college. Don't worry about don't worry about the look of having to move home after this job that you took in Texas doesn't work out and you have to move back to New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> we all know who we're talking about. Um, no, not you. Um, <laughs> but like all of those things, if it's a stepping stone, it's fine. And if it's, if it's a, a place that you are using right now and, and that your parents are letting you use to move on in life, do that. Yeah, and fuck what anybody thinks. Like if you're if also you're doing facts, it, to, yeah, like yes. if, you're, if you're doing it to try to like you're like, dude, I'm gonna do this so I can get started, get like a good head start, like get a little bit saved up. Fuck everybody that's got something to say about that. Yes, like, dude. You're trying to do the best thing for you. I need to go immediately after graduation, get a five grand apartment in uh, New York City, and just get money, bro. Like, no, that's not how that works. It's like sa- save. Three months of rent, you save like six grand. Like it's fucking ridiculous. And and six grand goes a long way, whether it's for rent or for groceries or for your day to day shenanigans. Like people think that the, the rent doesn't add up, dude. Dude, rent rent adds up, dude. I got mad at my parents like a month ago. I got in a fight with my mom, and I started looking at apartments like out of spite. <laughs> it was horrible. I started looking at apartments. Out of spite, I sent her like you two like of packed them. up a bag and put it on a stick of your shoulders. <laughs> yeah, I'm moving what out. That's kind of what I did. I, I did research on um, like apartments in the area out of spite and sent her or showed her a couple of them. And I was like, Yeah, I can do this. And she's like, Oh, fucking really? Can you? You got three grand a month for this piece of shit apartment? Like, no, I did not. And it was the it wasn't a reality check because I knew I wasn't moving out. <laughs> but it's that aspect of no, dude. Get use this to get off your feet or get on your feet. What's the phrase? I don't know if it's get. I said get off. I said get off your feet earlier. I don't know if that's what it is, but like get your feet off the ground. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, just get your feet off the ground. Yeah, just just get up and start walking. I guess we're gonna start that phrase. But uh, it's like when the mama bird kicks them out of the nest. You gotta push <laughs> yeah. them out so they start flying. <laughs> Fly or you're gonna die. <laughs> No, but see, that's flyer you're going to die is go move to New York City and figure it out. That's flyer you're going to die. This is the, no, honey, you can literally stay in the literal nest as long as you need to and get your life figured out. And hopefully you do that within a year, two years, three years. Um, I had a, a friend in high school. I don't know if he listens to this or not, but a friend in high school whose older sister was 27 or something like that, 28 when we were in high school. And 
she lived at home and we're real close to New York City. Um, and it made sense for her to live at home and she gave her, she paid for groceries or something like that. I don't know what the exact deal was, but she was like, no, like, fuck living in New York City. Fuck paying three grand a month for a literal closet that has a bed in it. Um, I'm going to live at home and I'm going to take the train into work every day and I'm going to have a blast. And I'm going to save a ton of money and maybe I'll buy a house one day. I don't know if the buying a house was her plan exactly, but like that was so smart of her. And in the moment, we were like, you're 27 living at home. Loser. <laughs> but like in, now being in like relatively that position, she's a smart girl. Who cares? So I kind of want to change it up a little bit, Carson, to, uh, oh, actually, Benito, you too, to what you two do on a day-to-day basis. What do you two do for a living? Dude, man, it's about to start getting real boring. <laughs> Anna, Anna edits, man. Anna, Anna Kate. All right, nah. So I mean, I'll just go over the surface level because otherwise, getting into all the details sounds boring on it. But I mean, I just sell lasers and shit like that to manufacturing plants. You know, some of the big guys. Like, uh, actually, I don't even know if we can really name any of them or not. I don't know if we can. So let's just not. Yeah, I don't want to get in trouble. But yeah, we we go around to like um, it's almost like factory automation equipment. So we'll go in there and say like, "Hey, this is what we've got." Him and I sell different things and say, "We think this could benefit you guys." Like, do y'all want to take a look at it and pray to God that they say yes and buy it? Yeah. Um. Just, I kind of want a little get get a little deeper on that one. Um, not the not the sales aspect because we'll get there in a minute, but what you're selling exactly so i sell what is called a inkjet printer and basically what that means it's the same almost like it's the same piece of technology as an actual printer it's just on a much larger scale or a much more industrial scale so basically it is what puts the expiration date onto milk at the grocery store so you put them in factory lines and the products come by and it just shoots that on there you can use them for a bunch of different types of things but that's the most common one that people would understand it ain't no Best Buy printer, that's for sure. No, it's not like an office printer. No, when we when we first <laughs> this thing don't print pictures. This thing prints production. <laughs> when we first started, we were always uh, we were talking a bunch of shit, just telling him didn't really know what he was selling either. Yeah, I was, I was like, he's, I was like a printer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean on my side, I mean I sell vision sensors and lasers, so basically cameras, but basically more on like assembly side with manufacturing plants making sure hey did the guy work in the line make sure he put the part in the right spot is it upside down that type of stuff laser measurement side of it making sure things are two inches instead of three inches real basic surface level terms of it but basically just going in meeting with the engineers over there and saying hey i got this and kind of like carson said just praying to god they'll uh, they'll have a use for it so that was kind of my follow-up question of you you both work in sales, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Sales engineer. Sales engineer. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's right. So when you two are quote unquote praying that they just buy your product, do you guys have had sales training, I'm assuming. Yeah. I'm about to have my own and I don't even know what that's I have no idea what that's gonna look like. I have a pretty good idea. But I don't know what like the direct sales side of my training is gonna look like. Did you guys have anything that was like, here's how you introduce our product properly, and here's how you talk to people correctly? And did you guys have anything even remotely like that? I mean, like, yes and no. So, like, you know, you work on like our sales, like during training, but from my experience, at least, is like 
everyone's got their own way about going about anything. So if you got three people that are just natural born salesmen, they're going to have three separate ways of going about it. Now there's, I feel like there's theories or something of like, this is um, wording a question and with this way or this intent. Um, like when it comes to like the psychology of sales, like for example, like people are easier to say um, no than yes. So I could say like, would you want, can we do this versus would you be opposed to doing this? Like there's something like that that I've heard of before. But as far as like you need to answer like this and that, it's like, no, it's kind of like you need to be comfortable with the technology and understand it. But, you know, you're a salesperson for a reason. So just kind of use like your personality in it as well as to the most part of what I'm saying. I don't think there's like there's definitely like little nitpicky things in sales that may or may not work. But like it's for the most part, I feel like it's just be yourself. Just know your market. Yeah. And that makes sense. So you had a lot of like on site like here's how the printer works. Here's how you fix the printer when it's broken. Here's what could break. Yeah, it's like, here's why we think that this would be better for what you're doing than what you're doing. And so understanding the technology in the market is I know what they have and I know how it works. I know that this might be better for this than that. There's a lot of this isn't that, but uh, I I picked up on it. I I think think it was was, was easy to We can follow it. Yeah, no, I got it. Um, That's interesting. So when you... Carson, you were telling me today, like, the way you were talking to a client today who had a, uh, I'm not going to say the specific issue, but they had an issue with one of their printers, and you came in and had to, like, open the printer up and fix the problem. Is that is that super common? Is that, like, what your day-to-day looks like once you have a, a client locked in? Do you follow the process until the retirement of that printer? What is What's the whole thing look like? I stay involved with like the process. Um, like if they if they need something, like if something happens, they need some help with it. I go along with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as like a day to day, I mean, it's 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 different every day because some days, you know, I'm in the office. Some days I'm just going on sales calls. Sometimes I'm going to visit old customers, and there's never really two days that go the same in a manufacturing plant. <laughs> there's kind of just stuff going all over the place. And do you guys like that? That's the best part. Yeah, that's a hundred percent the best part. I mean. That's why I like the job so much. I'm not set in an office nine to five all day, every day, doing the same exact thing over and over. I mean, the big thing for me is kind of like what Carson just said. It's not the same thing in a manufacturing plant every day. Hell, I've walked into meetings and they've had to cancel just because, hey, a line went down. We can't meet right now. We got to fix something. Or, hey, all of a sudden this big issue happened. And I've had a couple instances where I'm like, oh, what went wrong? Hey, I actually have something that we can fix that with. And bam, you get a quick sale right there. But point being every day it's completely different you meet with a new guy they've got a new problem i mean yeah we got to go do some of the support stuff on that backside every once in a while where you're just helping them out with what they already bought but obviously majority of the time you can find a new opportunity to sell something out of it too so i mean in that aspect i'm at a desk one day a week i'm on the road the other four days of the week half the day i'm driving around listening to music doing whatever i want so i mean i like it a lot on that side i was gonna say like just the the thought of not having to, but getting to travel. And and I don't mean travel like, oh, we went to California to sell printers. It's like, no, my I've got two clients that are two hours apart and my office is directly in the middle. I drive one hour to one client, talk to them at 10 a.m. And at 1 p.m. after lunch, after I grab lunch on the road, I, I go meet with my second client. And then, you know, I've done my job for the day because I've I've talked to the two people that I needed to check off my list today, even though they're two hours away. I think that aspect is so, (laughs) 
I said this a lot too today, but like slept on just because you'd think that like, oh dude, like you're just on the road all day. That's horrible. No, you get, you get time to yourself to do the job that you love to do. No, hundred percent. I mean, I think on that side of it too, just the fact that I can kind of just make my own schedule. So on that side of things too, Hey, maybe I ended up not wanting to book four days of just straight meetings on the road. I'm doing good with the number side of it. Let me take a day, catch a breather. I'll just work from home. I'll make some phone calls, catch up with some customers, maybe get ahead and book some meetings for next week. But that whole side, I think that's, I mean, I'm sure Carson kind of touched on it too, but I mean, that's kind of the coolest part is the fact that we don't have a strict schedule of, hey, you need to be in the office every single day. You need to do this, this, and that. You got to hit your numbers. You got to do your thing. No one's going to be breathing down your throat and you're in the office just every Monday. So besides that, you can kind of do whatever you want as long as you just do the job. That totally makes sense. That sounds great. I'm very happy for both of you. Um, so I guess to kind of end this one off here, a question that I ask every time, so this is a test if you've been, if you've ever listened to a goddamn full episode. Um, but if you haven't, I am going to ask this question and I'm not going to give any clarifying information. You can take this however big or however small you would like. But do either of you have any regrets? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I could write a New York Times bestseller on regrets. Dude, I mean, yeah, I think, hell yeah, I've got some regrets. I think everyone's got regrets. I mean, but like, you know, I feel like the way I look at it is like, you know, they have, there's that old saying of like, you want to end your life and look back and have no regrets. And I don't know if that's actually possible. I mean, I think there's plenty of, I wouldn't go back and change anything. Let's put it that way. I'd like to look back and not go back and change anything. There's plenty of things I regret doing and there's plenty of things I regret not doing. But, you know, it's one of those things, everything that you do and don't do makes you who you are today. So I wouldn't go back and change anything. I've had a lot of good experiences. I've had a lot of bad experiences. And I think that's molded me into who I am today. I feel like I'm in a good spot for where I am right now. So, hell yes, I've got some regrets, but, you know... In, in a bittersweet moment, I'm almost kind of thankful for him. That's kind of how I would put it. I mean, don't want to steal too much of it, but on the basis side of everyone's got regrets, I mean, 100%. If you say you don't, you're fucking lying, let's be honest. But at the same time, I mean, kind of like Carson said, I wouldn't really want to go back and change anything. It's not like there's one big thing where, oh, I really screwed this up in my life. I wish I could go back and stop this or change this, that one moment. Nothing really sticks out like that, but I mean, to me, at the end of the day, all the little screw-ups, all the little whatever it might have been, that's kind of what molded you into the quote-unquote person you are today on that side of it. So, I mean, the way I look at it, I'm happy with all the little fuck-ups because you learn from them. That's the whole point of living. No one's fucking perfect. So, on that side of it, go by, kind of keep going through the motions, keep doing what you can do. You got that one little goal you want to go reach, keep trying to reach it up, climb up the step ladder. You're going to make mistakes along the way. That's the whole point of living. If it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, holy shit. <laughs> that was crazy. I'll give you that one. Fuck. All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, coming on. And uh, Venito, surprise guest. Yeah, man, appreciate We're going to include you, you in us. the credits here. Yeah, it's been a blast.